everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Thrive in Fertility podcast. This is your host, Kathy Quillett, CEO of Tennessee Reproductive Therapy. And boy, am I glad to be back with you today. I took last week off because, well, you know, life life happens. Hopefully, though, to keep up with all the goodness, you were able to tap back into another episode and find encouragement and support there. It is becoming spring here in our little corner of the world. And I love just the symbolism of spring and newness. And so wherever you are in this little corner, in your little corner of the world, rather, I hope that you are either enjoying spring or finding new reasons to hope for newness and renewal and all that spring entails. I, for one, am really happy to put my fingers in the earth and get out to planting. I just bought some hosta bulbs or hosta. Hosta. Yep. There's the word. And, um, I'm excited to put those in the earth. Let me tell you about my guest today. She's been here before. She's no stranger to the podcast. We've been on each other's. I have Tara Bradner with me today. I'm super excited for her to be here today. Hi, Tara. Hello. Thank you for having me back. Yeah. So she is, you tell us who you are. I've introduced you before you tell me who you are today. Yes. So I am a doctorate nurse practitioner and a fertility coach with just a little additional training from ASRM and Marquette to spice up my offerings and ability to treat patients. I have a fertility coaching business and also a local telemedicine, women's health and fertility business as well. So I love the infertility community. I was there I went through my own entire journey of endometriosis, miscarriage, IVF, goodness, you name it. And so giving back to this community is just something I am so passionate about. And so talented. Well, you you. just, I appreciate that. You just emphasize the word of the hour. Do you remember Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Nobody listened to this probably remembers Pee Wee's Big Adventure, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Uh, think eighties people when there was like a word of the day and all like the P my husband loves Pee-wee's Playhouse or loved, maybe still loves, I don't know, but there would be a word of the day. And then every, like the refrigerator and the microwave and the couch would all scream word of the day. No. Well, our word of the day is endometriosis. I just dated myself a little bit without apology. Um, but we're going to talk about endometriosis and I've asked Sarah to join me today just to give us like a 40,000 foot view or an endometriosis 101, um, about what we, what goes on in our body when we deal with endometriosis. Maybe that's something that a doctor is just kind of punting around for you a little bit. And you want to know a little bit more about this new word. Maybe you have a suspicion that this is something that you might be fighting, whether you have painful periods or whatever. Um, and then we both Tara and I are both, uh, let's call victims of the life of endometriosis. Um, and so then we're just going to talk mental health too. So Tara, I want you just to, if you would give us, let's just say what's endometriosis, right? Let's start with that like overview of what it is. So this is a disease where our endometrial tissue is found outside of the uterus and it most commonly occurs in the lower abdomen and pelvis, but 
the key thing I need people to remember is it can happen anywhere in the body. It isn't confined. It is a whole body disease. Mm -hmm. And that's because our stem cells migrate and move all over our body. And it's thought that that is actually how it migrates. Wild. Isn't it crazy to think about that? It makes sense. If you, if you are endo sufferer, like we are, it truly makes sense. And then this pain occurs because there's inflammation and irritation when there's blood touching any organs or areas where it's not supposed to be a foreign it, object Foreign object. Yeah. It's like, ouch, ouch. It's just, it's a, it's a reaction to that happening. And then of course there's scar tissue that can form. And then this creates pain in various locations as well. So it's kind of twofold sometimes to why we have this discomfort as well. And then we can't, we can't forget that there's also adenomyosis, which people are like, what what's that? But that is that too. Yes. And that is, oh, that is debilitating. And once again, that's when these cells that line the uterus grow deep in the muscle wall of the uterus. And so we can't forget our uterus is a muscle. So it's on the inside of it. So very painful, very, it's a whole nother area beyond, you know, just your average endo. Yeah. I, I, I think people know this by now, but I'm a mom by way of adoption. We adopted from Ethiopia. I had terrible endometriosis and adenomyosis. I flew to Ethiopia twice in the middle of it. And y'all, I was on a fentanyl patch and it did not even touch the pain. I don't say that for sympathy, but just to maybe normalize for somebody, this isn't an excruciating disease. Let me read a quote that I found recently and posted on our Instagram at Tennessee Reproductive Therapy. It's by a Dr. Neshat. Sorry, Cameron Neshat, if I butchered your name. It says endometriosis is not just a reproductive tract disease, but one which can potentially cause severe chronic symptoms throughout the entire body, including incapacitating pain, severe chronic fatigue, infertility, immune and endocrinologic dysfunction and damage to multiple organs in the tissues, including the bowel check, bladder, uterus, diaphragm. So it's migrating all the way north to our diaphragm, our muscles, our musculoskeletal structures, nerve ligaments, lungs, and the liver. And last I checked, there was even, there was two. So not I mean, don't run to your doctor and be like, I have a headache. So I must have endo on the brain, but there's two documented cases of endo that has migrated all the way up to the brain in that wild, maybe more by now, but not a lot. It's just heartbreaking. I mean, cause like you hit a point there where we need to reframe this. This is not just a reproductive disease. This is a whole body Mm multi-system impact that this disease carries with it. And then let's throw the mental health impact that goes along with it too, on top of everything. Yeah. So if somebody's experiencing terrorist symptoms or I'm sorry, if they have endometriosis, what symptoms are they most likely fighting on a daily or on a cyclical basis with their period? Yes. I want to note before I jump to that, it takes seven to 12 years to make this diagnosis. And often it's because we're not being heard. So right off the bat, if you know me, you know, I'm huge about empowering you to be an advocate for your body. If something doesn't feel right, it's not, you never override that intuition. You just find a new provider and you keep looking until you find one that hears you out and is willing to work with you to explore this. So 
right off the bat, symptoms include abnormal, painful periods with and without, like you can have them with menstruation. Obviously that's the most common, but if you're having pelvic discomfort outside of your period as well, heavy flows for prolonged days, or just these general heavy, heavy, painful periods, pain during and after sex, difficulty emptying bowel or bladder, as well as issues with bowel during your period. I see that I have that. If your bowel movements change during your period too, that can be a sign. Um, so once again, pelvic and abdominal pain, not associated with your period, low back pain and or leg pain. So it shoots down your legs once again, during or outside of your period. Doesn't have to always be with your period Um, or with bowel movement. Yes. Yes. Or with sex. Yep. Rectal pain. Um, nausea, bloating, diarrhea, constipation in general, the fatigue, uh, chronic fatigue, like you mentioned. And then of course our infertility, I truly feel a lot of unexplained infertility walking around out there is actually endometriosis. That's being overlooked and undiagnosed. Like I'm, that's my latest, um, (laughs) latest thing I work with a lot of patients on is, is looking further into that when they come to me with unexplained. Yeah. And listen, Periods are painful, but when you can't go to work, Mm -hmm. when you can't get out of bed, when it interferes with your life, that is not, I'm not a doctor. You are, that is not a painful period. Right. Right. When you feel like you want to slap your partner away, when the idea of sex comes up and you're thinking, I I don't want to end up in tears again. Maybe this is TMI. And if one of my clients is listening, I'm sorry. But I remember telling my husband, I feel like I'm pooping out my uterus. Like the pain to have a bowel movement was so extreme. My legs would go numb. Yes. It was awful. Among other times. And I'll save you the details of that. But Well, and it's just one of the ones again there's women I have that don't have those symptoms and they have periods, right? Cause they don't have endo, but I tell my patients, stop, think back to high school. Mm-hmm. Don't think about the last five, 10 years of your life. I want you to stop and think about what it was like more than likely before you're going to put on birth control. Cause we just put everyone on birth control for painful periods and slappy slappy. And we're done now for a while until we're ready to have kids. So I need people to stop and sit and think about that. In addition to what were your mom's cycles like, your sisters, siblings, kind of talk to the family and see what that was like too. Cause we know there's a genetic component to this. Hmm. And so it's maybe not what are your periods like in the last three months or three years? Let's reflect back from the beginning. And, and yeah. were you home from school? Were you missing your sporting events? Like I see that all the time with my high school girls. And that's a big red flag to me as a provider to dig deeper into endometriosis. Yeah. And maybe go longer than 10 years, because if you understood my Wee's playhouse example, maybe you're thinking 20 years, yes, 25 yes. years of your own life, <laughs> <laughs> whatever age you may be sitting at. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. So we're talking physically. And so I had a hysterectomy eight years ago, so I haven't experienced a lot of this new, although I do have implications of it still eight years post hysterectomy, but even as we're talking about this and I talk with patients or clients with it about this all the time is like their pain with endo, but all of a sudden my own experience with endometriosis is coming 
like flashing back to me right now. And honestly, what a debilitating disease it is. Tara, what was it like for you? Or maybe what is it like for you to live with endometriosis? So for me, it's really shifted and progressed over the last, I'll even just say five years, Mm -hmm. uh, because I, I believe mine got worse after having a C-section, which is common after surgery, it can migrate and spread from surgeries. That's why we don't want you to have so many procedure after procedure after procedure. Cause it can, that can be another cause of it, but I've really explored outside of just prescription medications, we'll call it, or birth control, what else can be done. Mm. And I've implemented and tried, you know, my own therapies that I can help refer. And I've done the research outside of your normal medical community on what can actually help with this. So one thing right off the bat that I've added and done is pelvic floor physical therapy, which all my patients know if they're listening, they get referrals to that, or I recommend my coaching patients have a conversation and consider adding pelvic floor physical therapy to really help with the adhesions and just mobility that can occur in our pelvic floor as females. I've added, let's, let's talk about what this is because I did pelvic floor therapy to you. And unless you know, or have like a sister in your corner saying here's pelvic floor therapy, that sounds so crazy. So think friends listening, you're going to a physical therapist And she is going to be all up in your vagina. Now that sounds really crazy. They do some external work. So think stomach muscles that could be really tight or that back pain that Tara referenced earlier, but they will do the physical therapy inside of you, which sounds real creepy, but listen, they do this all day long. Yes. So like an OBGYN, I remember asking my OBG one day, like why vaginas? And she's like, listen, it's women's health. It's not overwhelming. I see a hundred of them a day. Okay. So you might be a little overwhelmed walking in there, but it is, and you have to find the right provider and it's a specialty, but it is so liberating and empowering to be a woman on that table with somebody's expertise saying, I know exactly why you're hurting. I'm inside of you. And I, unlike anybody else in the entire world, and I can feel when you do this Kegel exercise, this muscle is spasming. That's why when you poop, you feel like you're ripping yourself and the exercises they can have you do and the massage and just Kegel exercise, whatever. It is so empowering. So talk to your OBGYN locally, talk, you know, do some research in your area. If you have pain with anything that we've talked about right now, run it by your doctor, but also I feel like that's a tagline. I have to add with everything, run it by your doctor, (laughs) but really consider it because it can bring on an incredible quality of life, life, which changing endo steals from you, right? Absolutely. It absolutely steals from you. Absolutely. And you mentioned a few key things. They should not be doing it unless they've been specially certified in it. It is an advanced uh, training that they have. There's a lot of clinics. I've found them in many areas of the country that offer this specialized, you know, providers within their clinic offering it, but it is truly, it makes so much sense. I mean, you'll be like, there'll be internally manipulating, you won't even really know. And then they're just pressing and you're like, ouch, 
ouch. And they do their thing and loosen it. Ouch. I just had it a couple days ago and I was like, oh my gosh, like my whole like back pain and all that kind of just subsided. Even um, for someone who maybe has pain with ovulation, Mm -hmm. I recommend pelvic floor physical therapy or talking to your healthcare provider about it as well, because it can really help with some of those symptoms as well. Yeah. Love that. So good. Okay. So you're talking about other things that can help endometriosis and I needed to give some get on my, you should do it. Soapbox. Because oh, awesome. that is one that I like, if you could have seen me, I was shaking my head. Yes. The entire time. It's number one thing I recommend right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Acupuncture is number two. I unfortunately live 120 miles one way from my acupuncture. So I'm lucky if I can get monthly sessions in, but I know when I miss even that once a month session, it's my periods are significantly different. It, it's also probably the only time in the month where I will find myself falling asleep or napping and turning my monkey brain off completely and letting it reset. So it's just a general overall wonderful thing that I highly recommend considering if you have infertility in general, but especially for endometriosis as well. It's been super effective with that. Yeah. What about surgery? Did you do this surgery thing? This is my favorite tangent thing to like rant about, right? Because I, in the medical side of it, see a lot of, um, oh, how do I want to say it? Things happening that shouldn't be happening when it comes to that. So right off the bat, I'm going to start with hysterectomy because that's what you had. And that does not treat endo or stop the progression unless you have adenomyosis, which you did have. So in that case, hysterectomy down the road, but I always lecture, really stop and think about the long-term effects of doing this because I have several, several patients that had hysterectomies and it like, makes me nauseous, even saying it out loud, age 20, 27, 25. Mm. And shame on that doctor for not thinking of the long-term ramifications of what this was going to do, because now they're sitting here trying to save every penny to have a surrogate and, or it has prevented them and taken that away from them from ever being able to have kids because of cost. And so there, I really want to hit pause unless you're it's just a deep conversation that I just, I, 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 there's very few people in my opinion that qualify for hysterectomies mm-hmm. at a young age due to, due to endometriosis. Um, well, and also let me just say, I've been, I had mine at 32 and it was the best decision I've ever made. Okay. My uterus was like sitting on my pelvic floor and, but also like I'm eight years older than my, my, my peers with, in terms of like menopause, my body has changed like a a menopausal 50 year old woman. Like you think of like your mom or your grandma doing bone density screenings. I'm doing bone density screenings, like all of those things that you think, you know, I'm going to be out of this pain. And for some people, it is a medical necessity that you be out of that pain. But, and you're like menopause hormonally, like I got this, but also I am aging faster mm-hmm. than my similar aged peers. I don't say that for sympathy. My body is without the things that are going to keep me young. Right. And that's so one of those things send that money for facelift <laughs> and, uh, your osteoporosis medication. <laughs> oh, Terry, you just subscribe or prescribe that for me, please. Okay. Deal. Gotcha. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and that's why I say like, really stop it. Like you nailed it. It is so individualized. Just stop and think about it, review risks and benefits and just sit, sit with it. 
um, versus thinking I've seen, it's just crazy. I've just seen docs like jump almost to that before even exploring Mm. other options. And one of those number one options is excision and excision specialist that technically is the gold standard treatment. What does the word excision excision? We got to use the, yep. Excision. So that is not ablation. That is not a laparoscopy. It is a, yes, the procedure that, you know, there's different things that people hear and they get confused with. Um, but excision but, is the gold standard and that's excision. why I want you to use that word. Yes. Excision is the gold standard. So this does provide long-term symptom relief. It does improve fertility. It can be curative in some cases. It does remove all of the endometriosis tissue and provides clear diagnosis and with low occurrence reoccurrence rates. So can it reoccur? You bet it can. However, um, complete excision of abnormal tissue is what we refer to as the gold standard treatment. And it's, it gets to the root disease of it and it excises it at the roots and the big, big, big open your ears and listen to this. It has to be done by a trained and specialized provider and they're hard to find. Um, Nancy's nook is where I send a lot of people to, to find one. I have one, you know, people have to travel two States away to, from where I live in North Dakota to get to, yeah, one. I was going to say, they're not yeah. that hard to find. You just live in the middle. Of I live nowhere. in the boondocks. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> you live in the boondocks boondocks, yeah, depending where you live, they may or may not be close to you, <laughs> but, um, it's worth the travel. I have had three women travel in the last six weeks from the boondocks here to go have it done or do a consult. They have to be specially trained. They have to do high volumes of it. They have to be comfortable treating deep infiltrating endo which is called DIE. And so it's really finding a healthcare provider that knows and understands this and knows when to refer and, you know, start there before, you know, doing some other things. And so that is my big surgery, like yell it from a mountaintop. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's a good commercial. That was a good PSA. Yes. Yeah. I think Tara would be remiss if we didn't talk about like without us standing on any platform, just the humanity of this, that endo is an incredibly debilitating disease. I remember like all, I mean, waking up from my first laparoscopy, just kind of look around what's going on. And I remember waking up to my husband's hands, like grabbing my face saying, honey, you have endometriosis and it's everywhere. And he said, I have no idea what's all down there for you, but if it is, it's covered. And that moment, that diagnosis substantiated and really validated what I felt to be true about my own body and the pain and everything that even took me into that OR. But it was, it was the first time that I felt like all of this got hard. Our fertility became complicated. It became, I'm so sorry, Mrs. Quillet, rather than like, Hey, you're still young. You know, you're 28, go get them. And I have so many clients who are struggling with endometriosis. Like, listen, I specialize in reproductive and maternal mental health. There are specialties of people that just deal with the mental health implications of a chronic illness of which like endometriosis is a chronic illness. Now don't, I mean, I, I can still treat that, right. People specializing in reproductive mental health can, you know, we're specialized in chronic illness also, because a lot of what 
people are facing with reproductive issues is a chronic illness. And so we also deal with loneliness. We deal with misunderstanding. We deal with misdiagnosis. We deal with minimization. When we go to the doctor and your male doctor says, you say, you know, my periods are really painful. And you're like, really, really, really painful. And he's like, yeah, women's periods are painful. Like, good luck to you. That's why it takes like seven years to get this diagnosis because to get somebody to really buy into what's going on with your diagnosis is so hard, so hard. And so if you're listening to this and say, I'm fighting like tooth and nail to get a diagnosis, to get treatment, whatever. Let me just add another layer of get mental health support, find a support group, find a therapist who specializes in this that can also help you deal with the implications of, I don't want to have sex with my partner because it hurts and he feels rejected. Or I have to plan my life around my monthly cycle because I know five days of this month, I'm not going to be able to get out of bed. I can't maintain a job. I can't function or my family and friends misunderstand me. I have anxiety about going out, whatever is, you know, get, I mean, talk to talk about that as a doctor, as a nurse practitioner, Tara, like with the patients that you see the relationship implications and the mental health support that you think people ought to be getting as a result, because it's just so hard to live the life of being somebody with a chronic illness, but also just dealing with endo specifically. Yeah, absolutely. You nailed it. You feel like you're on an Island almost like, let alone if you have been hell's Island. Yeah. Hell's Island. Like don't come here. And it's one of those things where I think if you've been disregarded and you've been overlooked, not Mm -hmm. everybody is as bold and outgoing as we are to keep speaking up and put our foot down and Mm. be, you know, take charge. Like, so there's a lot of women I see that have just, I'm just going to live with this. It's clearly nothing. It's, you know, and you start to like, think you're making things up, but you're being a baby. I've even heard, you know, people say, or, well, I've brought this up and they did nothing. And so you just hear these statements that have been made. And I want to say too, um, there's a whole new movement I've seen kind of happening called, uh, medical gaslighting. We could go on the whole new topic. On that too. Yeah. Yeah. And it, what was funny as I saw, I happened to buy my first magazine in an airport for the first time in years, just this last weekend. And it was a whole article in there about it. And key things are your, your providers pushing their degree and disregarding what you're saying. So I see this a lot of people have said, you know, I brought forward, you know, my friend pointed this out and I would like this test done. And they're like, well, I'm a, I'm a medical provider and I know more and I'm not going to run it. Like if you're even being disregarded about basic testing and, and further indications and, and investigation into your symptoms, not okay. Find a new provider. If find you at any point provider. feel you're find a new provider, you owe your provider nothing. Even if you've known them your entire life, you don't go to Christmas with them. They're not at your family reunions for the most part there. You're not going to see them in your community. And um, they work for you. They work exactly. for you. Yes. We feel like white coats. We just have to go in there and be like, yes, your honor. Uh-uh. No, no, Mr. Uh, President. No, no they no, work no. for you. You keep yes. their lights on. 
Amen to that. That is a very true statement. There's so many providers nowadays, especially two that are taking an interest in even just women's health. So you'd be surprised perhaps uh, that the same provider you've always been with maybe just isn't the best for you. And you can always go back to them. I said too, you know, maybe you just step away for a moment, find somebody and you can always step back to who you were seeing. But yeah, we do not need to be seeing providers who are making us feel less than unheard, overriding intuition, all of the things. It's okay to move on. It is okay to move on. And really with this disease should just come mental health support, emotional wellness support. Wouldn't it be nice if it was a package deal? It would be a package deal. I just think there's, you know, stigmas around that, that we are still busting walls down on too. But once I always tell my infertility patients, it's about creating a healthcare team. This is not a job for one reproductive healthcare provider. You need to create a team approach to this disease I use the example of diabetes all the time because that's what I've <laughs> worked with for 10 years in my practice, but like they get a whole team of people and it's, mm. it's, you know, you get nutrition, you get your foot doctor, you get your special nurse, you get your nurse that checks in on you, your family healthcare provider and your specialist. So why does reproductive health not get that when it yeah. has been statistically proven to be just as stressful as cancer, you know, cancer patients get a whole care team too. We just have to start reframing how we view as individuals in a society infertility yes, and endometriosis. It is a chronic debilitating disease. And with that needs to come more resources and more support. And if your healthcare team won't create it for you, then let us help you create it with you and for you. Amen. And drop the mic, drop the mic. Okay. (laughs) I mean, so here's, here's how I want to wrap this up for us. If you're struggling with pelvic pain, pain with intercourse, pain with your excretion system, if you think your pain doesn't feel quote normal to you, find a doctor who's going to take it as seriously as you need to. If you're struggling with infertility and they're saying maybe unexplained, whatever, have them do dig a little bit deeper, start advocating for yourself. Additionally, pelvic floor therapy, acupuncture, maybe a chiropractor and massage, um, that might not help the internal nature chiropractor and massage, but it can definitely help resolve some of the pain that goes along with it. Additionally, find your mental health person. If you're in Tennessee, I've got your team. If you live outside of here, I can still help you find somebody. Um, email me, Kathy at Tennessee Reproductive Therapy.com. That's C-A-T-H-I-E. No, it's a long name. Somebody told me that the other day, but you know what? I got my point across when I named it. I, Tara, thank you for being here today. If somebody wants to get a hold of you or follow you, how do they do that or listen to your podcast? Yes. Thank you for having me. You can find me mostly over on Instagram, Tara B fertility. My website is also Tara B fertility.com and podcast is hopeful hints and infertility podcast. And just once again, Kathy's got the dream team for the mental health. Don't be scared to Mm. please, please utilize that resource. It is empowering and healing in so many ways. Mm, Love it. Love you, Tara. Thanks for joining us today. All right, everybody. Thanks for, thanks for coming back for another episode. Go like, and subscribe this one. Leave me a really glowing comment if you don't mind, and then go do the same for Tara. I hope that y'all have a great week. Go out and thrive. And if you have end up, go get it checked. Bye y'all.